0: To the Deeper Dive podcast, Catechism of the Catholic Church in a Year. Today is day number 306, and we begin with number 2357. Homosexuality refers to relations between men or between women who experience an exclusive or predominant sex attraction towards persons of the same sex. It has taken a great variety of forms through the centuries and in different cultures. Its psychological <coughs> genesis remains largely unexplained. Basing itself on sacred scripture, which which presents homosexual acts as acts of grave depravity, tradition has always declared that homosexual acts are intrinsically disordered. They are contrary to the natural law. They close the sexual act to the gift of life. They do not proceed from a genuine, effective, and sexual complementarity. Under no circumstances can they be approved. The number of men and women who have deep-seated homosexual tendencies is not negligible. This inclination, which is objectively disordered, constitutes for most of them a trial. They must be accepted with respect, compassion, and sensitivity. Every sign of unjust discrimination in their regard should be avoided. These persons are called to fulfill God's will in their lives, and, if they are Christians, to unite to the sacrifice of the Lord's cross, the difficulties they may encounter from their condition. Homosexual persons are called to chastity. By the virtues of self-mastery that teach them inner freedom, at times by the support of disinterested friendship, by prayer and sacramental grace, they can and should gradually and resolutely approach Christian perfection. Sexuality is ordered to the conjugal love of man and woman. In marriage, the physical intimacy of the spouses becomes a sign and pledge of spiritual communion. Marriage bonds between baptized persons are sanctified by the sacrament. Sexuality, by means of which man and woman give themselves to one another through the acts which are proper and exclusive to spouses, is not something simply biological, but concerns the innermost being of the human person as such. It is realized in a truly human way only if it is an integral part of the love by which a man and woman commit themselves totally to one another until death. Tobias got out of bed and said to Sarah, Sister, get up and let us pray and implore our Lord that he grant us mercy and safety. So she got up and they began to pray and implore that they might be kept safe. Tobias began by saying, Blessed are you, O God, of our fathers. You made Adam and for him you made his wife Eve as a helper and support. From the two of them, the race of mankind has sprung. You said, it is not good that the man should be alone. Let us make a helper for him like himself. I now am taking this kinswoman of mine, not because of lust, but with sincerity. Grant that she and I may find mercy and that we may grow old together. And they both said, Amen, Amen. Then they went to sleep for the night. The acts in marriage by which the intimate and chaste union of the spouses takes place are noble and honorable. The truly human performance of these acts fosters the self-giving they signify and enriches the spouses in joy and gratitude. Sexuality is a source of joy and pleasure. The Creator Himself established that in the generative function, spouses should experience pleasure and enjoyment of body and spirit. Therefore, the spouses do nothing evil in seeking this pleasure and enjoyment. They accept what the Creator has intended for them. At the same time, spouses should know how to keep themselves within the limits of just moderation. The spouse's union achieves the twofold end of marriage, the good of the spouses themselves and the transmission of life. These two meanings or values of marriage cannot be separated without altering the couple's spiritual life and compromising the goods of marriage and the future of the family. The conjugal love of man and woman thus stands under the twofold obligation of fidelity and fecundity. Father Jack,
1: thanks, Bill. You know the the second half of the uh, the reading from the Catechism today probably really highlights the um, or really kind of lays a found better foundation for the first half, right? So um, the the discussion on on homosexuality um, really is it cannot be understood, especially by modern culture without the understanding of, of the second part, which is what is the, what is the love of a husband and wife, right? How, how are they meant to be, how are they meant to come together? How are they meant to, uh, what is the purpose of their coming together, right? In this last sentence of the uh, twofold obligation of fidelity and fecundity, this faithfulness and fruitfulness that, um, that, that they share and they grow with one another, including through, and even especially through the marital act. um, that this lays the foundation for, for why the church and, you know, alongside obviously divine revelation and natural reason, um, for, for, uh, to speak about homosexuality in the way that she does, that, um, we often, we, we've kind of lost that. We, as I would say, I would say we definitely have lost it even as Christians, um, in how we speak about marriage. It's, it's not with this full understanding of the human person it's not with this uh this approach that the catechism takes but rather we we see it you know truly very selfish selfishly um that that because we don't understand even what married love should look like it becomes impossible to discuss homosexuality in any sort of real dialogue sort of way but the catechism also gives us what we're still called to do as christians which is not to back off uh, what we teach or to hold uh, any new position that um, in fact, it you know, very clearly lays out the idea that are the teaching that uh, homosexuality is intrinsically disordered and why it is um, and why it can never be um, deemed acceptable. But it also reminds the Christian to say, but that person still deserves compassion and respect that, um, have a different calling in the midst of of how of than than the secular world um that yeah i mean like we're gonna be persecuted for holding a very different position a very otherworldly position um just as every apostle did just as every martyr has just as every missionary has but that doesn't change what we ought to uh ought to to think and approach and feel um, we still have this great call, this necessary move to say to this person who, who struggles with, with uh, homosexuality to say you're still loved, you're still created by God, you're still redeemed by him if you choose to accept it. that that when we look at all of of the teaching of the, of the church on sexuality, including homosexuality and all, uh, offenses against chastity. We should remind ourselves that it all comes as a grace from God. It all comes from that same source of love and mercy from which all good things flow. That when we look to this teaching and see as it comes together in a in a in a great fullness, not just the list of do's and don'ts, but truly as this positive teaching that says God has made it, He has made it good, and we should rejoice in this gift that God has offered to each of us.